Welcome, welcome, welcome to another wonderful episode of Line Brawl Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris, and joining me, as always, is the wonderful social media guru of this team, James Gantis. That's Jimmy Hockey to you, Chris. And uh, yeah, I'm doing wonderful on this bright and sunny day in Montreal. We're supposed to get rain, so I've really been soaking up the sun today. How are you, Chris? You're in Toronto? And uh, I gotta tell you, not uh, not too shabby out in uh, central southern Ontario. Pretty, pretty happy about it. It's a beautiful day. I have no major complaints, uh, except uh, we're not allowed to do anything. That's kind of a bummer, <laughs> but uh, Yeah, <laughs> that's know? epic for you guys. Uh, it's pretty sick. I uh, can't wait for a curfew. It's going to be boss. I live in I live in Outremont, which is like a very Hasidic neighborhood in Montreal, and they do not listen to the curfew. <laughs> None of they just pretend it doesn't exist. There'll literally be like four like fourteen cops in my neighborhood, and they won't they won't give anyone tickets, and they don't like the Hasidics have have won this scenario. <laughs> They've won lockdown. They beat it. Well, I mean, what do they know? That we don't. You know. I know, they, ha- they have the formula. <laughs> what do we want to get into today, Chris? What's uh, hot? Wh- well, what are the people wanna... talking about? We, I, think we, I think our first topic of conversation, actually, is uh, it's going to be Cole Caulfield. But before we get into Cole Caulfield, I do want to talk and give you the opportunity, James, because uh, you're making a lot of waves on social media. And when people do that, you're going to get some... You're going to get some hate. You're going to get some kickback now. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we've got a few comments here, and I think uh, they really stood out to me. And uh, look, <laughs> if you Man. guys want to continue to be hurtful, uh, you might get featured on the pod. So Yeah, TikTok comments are, are a different animal, man. <laughs> it's just like yeah. some people are just so dumb. Some people are so mean. There's a, you got a little bit of everything. Well, okay. I think what's really fun is that a lot of these guys are Gen Zs. We're like one of the younger millennials, but their insults are just very specific and hurtful, which is always like really good. I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. you got to respect the game. So I'm going to give uh, you three that yeah, really lay, come lay out. Yeah, lay them on me. I'm sure okay. I read them. This is my third favorite. Okay, so this is pretty run of the mill. Uh, these two talking have most definitely never been punched in the face or even worn skates. Yeah, so I read that one. Yeah. I have been punched in the face by by several people, actually. Yeah, I've also been punched in the face. I'm a pretty hateable guy. Yeah. If you get to know me. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as for wearing skates, my name's Jimmy Hockey. What do you think? I think uh, for busy eighteen eight one two, I thought that was Chris uh, has never worn skates though. No, <laughs> in well, defense of never, his comment, yeah, it, I haven't worn skates ever. But at the same time, you seem to be under- underestimating our personalities to think that neither of us have been punched in the face. Both of us have been punched <laughs> in the face. So you're only half right, idiot. Moving on. O- only three quarters, one quarter right. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay, here's one that I'm interested in, because maybe you can help me with this insult. Uh, number two is, you two sound like a bunch of broads. I knew it was going to be milk drinkers. <laughs> couple of milk drinkers. Now, I, I need your help. Is that cum? No. So I, okay. I googled it. I went to Urban Dictionary. It's funny that we both read these, because that one was my favorite. That one was the one I was going to bring up, too. <laughs> He's, yeah, yeah, he said, like, you sound like a couple of broads, couple of milk drinkers. So I immediately went to Urban Dictionary, 
Googled milk drinkers. And it's like farm boy slang, I feel like, from someone who grew up, like, getting handed everything. I don't know. I'm going to have to... <laughs> I'm gonna have to look it up again. It's like you're a little like baby boy, like you drink milk. Oh. I thought it was like one of those things where maybe again because I thought it was a Gen Z thing, like they're roasting us for drinking like dairy milk or something like that. Which I don't. I drink plant based alternatives, you pussy. Which, uh, I don't know, I think uh, James's girlfriend might put him on the same... My girlfriend puts me on oat milk. I've been on oat milk since 2017. Oh, oat milk is just the way to go. Yeah, so, you know, take that. You can have your cereal without feeling bloated after. Yeah. Like, what? I didn't know that was an option. So, So for... We are not milk drinkers. Yeah, that's that's from Hey How Are You 420, so... I feel like he deleted that comment because I was looking for it. Oh well, Can I mean, you... I've got it. I've got it screen captured on my phone as of two hours ago, so it's still up there. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. It's just hidden, I guess. Anyways, yeah. thank you so uh, much to that guy. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Hey, how are you, four twenty? I would love some more comments like this, but there is yeah. one more that was my fave. And again, okay, I'm surprised what beats that one. Yeah. Um, well, because I think it's just met with such ferocity. I think we really got this guy's goat by our comments. So yeah. This is from user 5180221552421. And he said, This is the fucking dumbest take I've ever heard. McDavid should be running these pricks over with a Volkswagen. I saw that one. I, I couldn't make sense of that one. Um, I didn't get the Volkswagen reference. I'm also love... very curious why a Volkswagen specifically. I love I how he starts just so hot out of the gate. This is the dumbest fucking take I've ever heard. It's just so good. Um, Yeah, don't get the Volkswagen thing. I was hoping... I didn't even Google what it could be. I'm assuming he's just speaking nonsense. Chris, do you have any idea what he's talking about? I mean, I don't know how much satisfaction Connor McDavid would get with running us over. I don't know. For context, I guess for context, we'll, we'll say this is all on the TikTok relating to someone needing to fight Connor McDavid because... It's been a big story. He's been throwing the elbows around, and it just seems like he doesn't have to be as accountable because he's the best player in the world. That's all we're getting into, but the people on TikTok did not like it. I mean, um, you know, I think we were expecting some hate in maybe uh, carrying a bounty. It may be carrying a bounty on the greatest player we've seen in the past 20 years. I guess that's ruffling a few feathers. Oh my god, do we have to get into his stats right now? He got it coming hot off. We could. Coming hot off a hat trick. Coming hot off a hat trick against Connor Hellebuck, former, uh, the most recent, what's that goalie one? Vesna? He wrote most yeah. recent Vesna winner. <laughs> 81 yeah. points in 46 games now, and I did the math <laughs> in my head just now. That's prorated to 144 points in an 82-game season. That would put him at the most points since Mario Lemieux did in 95-96. I mean, that's what's pretty impressive is, like, even at that point, I mean, I guess Ovi and Crosby were playing a bit more in the dead puck era, or at least a little bit past the dead puck era, but, I mean, they weren't even close to numbers like no, that, he's, were they? He's sh- I mean, I think Crosby had, like, a 125-point season. That maybe was by th- far the highest, yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe a couple of them, and Ovechkin had that, like, 62-goal season or 64 or something stupid like that. But otherwise, no, none of them have been close to what McDavid's doing right now. It's It's fucked up. I know. And again, you're right. Just going back on last week's conversation of who the second best is. Dreisaitl's second. You know, he's like, 
20 points behind, close to it, but, like, still Dude, second. Dreisaitl, Dreisaitl's so good. Like, honestly, he he's better than McDavid in a lot of ways. Not overall, obviously, but Dreisaitl's an amazing passer. He's so good in the corners. Like, he so, can protect the puck so well. And McDavid just uses his speed to burn guys. But, yeah, like, we, we've said it before. It's Crosby-Malkin situation going on, but Dreisaitl, oh, freak. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so I know that we wanted to talk about it. Uh, Montreal... Huge 2-1 win over the Calgary Flames Huge. last night. Biggest, I mean, in all honesty, pretty boring game. I know you watched the whole thing. <laughs> I Yeah. I got to say, though, that was kind of fun with uh, just going off of Cole Caulfield's debut. Who's the first person that he lines up against? Johnny, Johnny Hockey, Hockey, baby. baby. Former, only person former with the same height. Hobie Breakers. They're just looking <laughs> at like the size chart. They're like, yeah, I'm going to match him up with Johnny Hockey. I feel like that won't be too intimidating of a start. <laughs> For your first shift in the NHL. Yeah, um, he's just like, oh, everyone looks the same height. And then he has to check yeah. literally anyone else. He's like, oh, maybe the no. One, maybe the one guy he he could potentially outweigh. But uh, I did see that. And then um, the sec- by the second period, Tuchuk matched up with him. Yeah. Is what I noticed also. Which and, which did, and he did become uh, quite a bit more invisible after that. I wouldn't say invisible, sure. but just like less visible. Yeah, do you want to get right into the game? Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about Cole Caulfield first, and then the Canadians as a team. First of all, so what do you think of his we debut? We have been looking forward to this for eons. It's the boy. It's the short yeah. king, our savior. Yeah. He's supposed to score all our goals, and um, you know what? He looks good right out of the bite, right out of the gate. You know that first shot on net about uh, thirty seconds in had potential to go in. I mean, mm-hmm. he you you see his release, and you're like okay like he's due he can do he's done this at every level for a reason like that release is insane he's gonna score some goals mm-hmm. i don't know if it's gonna be 20 goals i don't know if it's gonna be 40 goals but the kid knows how to score yeah i uh i'm a big fan of it like i think obviously i uh i would have loved to have seen a bit more point production just for the fun of it i think i predicted one goal one assist because you know what it's boring to predict the conventional of him probably getting zero. And yeah, I, I wrote exactly I wrote in my right. notes, uh, Chris is stupid button, but I haven't <laughs> added it to my pretty much Bazinga. pretty much Bazinga is my only sound I have on my sound Bazinga. soundboard right now, and I want to add a Chris is stupid button for your stupid call that he's gonna get a goal and an assist on his first game. Chris, come on. Okay. It's the Calgary uh, Flames, they've been shutting us down. I think the shots were 2-5 to five at the end of the first period. I mean, like, I don't know. I thought you guys would have fared better than when you played the Sens, but, like, evidently, yeah. like, no, you guys yeah. close. No, it's not, it's not outrageous to think he would have scored in his first shift. I mean, he, he had two, two, like, scorable looks in the first period and then another one later on, but <sighs> fucking terrible take on that one, Chris. You got that one wrong. If you, if you want, you can Bazinga take me with an even dumber take if you want to just chuck it in. Uh, hey, James, do you remember uh, when we were first starting this podcast and I made a hot take off of air that the said that the Oilers weren't going to make the playoffs this year? Yeah, that's a bad take. Do you want well, a Bazinga? Was, you want yeah. a Bazinga? <laughs> I, I, I think that's a well-deserved Bazinga. Um, what else do I have here? I have a... You are fake news. <laughs> Damn. Donald, Donald that was Trump. huge. That was huge. <laughs> Wrong. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. I'm getting killed right now. So I deserve yeah. that. That's fair. Uh, Edmonton's been really, really good this year. 
Well, I mean, here's the thing. I think things have finally been going right for them in the sense that, like, obviously everyone knew Connor McDavid was going to be lights out. Everyone knew Dreisaitl was going to be fantastic. But they actually have some goaltending. Mike Smith has been doing pretty well, all things being equal. And Tyson Berry has decided to be a good defenseman again. I remember when he was on the Leafs and they just sucked everything out of him. Yeah, you gotta you gotta wonder why that is. I watch a lot of Leafs games and he was just trying to do too much from what I saw. I don't watch a lot of Edmonton games, so I don't really see how he's been doing better on Edmonton. But I think it just fucking you're on the power play with Dry and McDavid. A couple of those are gonna go in. Um but yeah, he was just trying too much, I think, in, in Toronto, trying to be the guy when but not getting the minutes to be the guy because Morgan Riley was taking that position. Yeah. Um you can only also only have one defenseman that doesn't play defense very well. Yeah, like, exactly. And that's oh Morgan Riley. R- Riley gets burned more than almost anyone in the NHL. You know who else gets burned a lot is Jeff Petrie. We'll get into that later. Yeah, we can talk about that. But uh, um, yeah, no, it just has a lot to do with Tyson Berry. He doesn't have just like as much of the offensive load as necessary as he does at Edmonton. A lot of defensemen on Edmonton can score. Like Darnell Nurse can still contribute quite a bit as well. I think it's, you know... It's probably it's a better system that he's operating in, but yeah, man, what a turnaround for him this year. Yeah, um, and and they're built tough, man. Okay, let's just go through the game quick. Yeah, or, go talk we... about them. Okay, so I, I'll write down all. My, I'll tell the people at home all my notes. So I said immediate threat. <laughs> These are my notes I take. Well, immediate <laughs> immediate threat. First shot. <laughs> first shot of the game. Dangerous. Um, Oh, another, the rush right after, they were guarding him so like intensely that Ben Chirot was wide open. So then they could tell they didn't want that guy shooting the puck close range. Um, he started on the power play, which is good, but it was a, a dog shit, dog shit call if you saw that first penalty. he uh-huh. It was like TJ Brody, or not TJ Brody, who the fuck? Anyways, someone was tripped on the Habs, and then uh, they called it a trip, and then another penalty happened, and then... Guess who is back on the five on three, ready for that bomb to go top cheese, my man. I mean, the pride of Sycamus, BC. The pride of Sycamus, BC himself. Yeah. The one and only, Shea Weber. It goes top cheese, clappy bomb USA. It was vintage Shea Weber. I, uh, I wanted to talk to you just like a little bit, just on a bit of a sidebar, because I know uh, Habs Tonight, Dale Weiss's podcast, uh, has been talking a lot about, and they talk about a lot about how uh, the Montreal media, I remember, what was your take on it? Because I know that you had a lot of thoughts on the Subban Weber trade immediately. There are a lot of people that questioned Weber's locker room presence as a captain before being part of the Montreal Canadiens. And again, if you talk to anyone who's actually been in a dressing room with Shea Weber, it's pretty clear that he conveys a lot more of his leadership skills just by his face and by his oh, play. His presence. Yeah, he doesn't need to say anything. People are going to listen or else. Could you you're, imagine? You're risking like, the internet, like what could happen. And you don't know with that size of that man. Could you imagine being Shea Weber's teammate and he sees you like dogging it on a drill? Or something he would like just that? give you a look. The look oh, would be man. instill enough oh, fear God. for you to never do that again. Like, and, like, and yeah. Oh, man, like, uh, what do you do? Like, what do you do if you like? What would you do if you were on like a team and you broke curfew and Shea Weber was in your room? Like, and he was like, "What's up?" I'd pull Why my little pants down and be like, <laughs> <laughs> "Just one spanking, sir." 
<laughs> not too hard. <laughs> I like how, yeah, there was like a whole cohort of Montreal forums that were just like, Matt Pacioretty would be like, it will always be a better captain than Shea Weber. I'm just like, have you guys what? like Who seen? Who said that? Yeah. There's a group of people in like Montreal. Pacioretty? That, like, okay, love I think Pacioretty it's a pretty a consensus. I think it's a pretty consensus thing. And no hate to him at all because I like Pacioretty, but he was our worst captain ever. He was one of the worst wow. Montreal Canadiens captains of all time. He he just the uh, he you could tell by his face when he was being lazy, and you just don't need that. And if he's not producing, he's not doing a whole lot of other things. Like if he's not scoring goals, like what Pacioretty's meant to do, he doesn't. He's not very good in the corners. His I mean his passing is decent, but like. He if he's not scoring goals, he's not very good out there, honestly. Yeah. And like he didn't add too much like in terms of being vocal in in the locker room either. It didn't seem like I don't know. Speaking of uh not being very good out there right now, um Jeff Petrie's kind of fallen off quite a bit. And yeah, I think you want I, to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, Jeff Petrie I mean, if you if I was an original. I am an original hater of Jeff Petrie. I think he's Subban 2.0. Everyone's freaking jizzing in their pants when he gets 12 points in the first 10 games. And I was like, on, he looked good. He looked really good in those 10 games. And then now you're just starting to see what happens if like everything doesn't go right. And if these, he makes a lot of stupid plays. He makes a lot of stupid passes. He makes a lot of bad reads in the in the offensive zone. I, I think he's a good player. Still, so I'm not that big of a hater. I think we're better with him than without him. We need a uh, a defenseman who can actually skate and move. Cause like Weber's Weber's getting up there in age, man. You can see that he's slowing down now, going back to Weber. Yeah. And Gustafson, meh. Yeah. And meh on Gustafson. We lost Victor Mete, who could who could motor, but uh, I mean Mete's. Whatever, <laughs> not yeah. not the end of the world losing Mete. Uh, you, yeah, you guys gave Mete plenty of chances to make that roster. You were like, "Come on, you gotta score one of these. <laughs> you gotta get it." <laughs> that would be helpful. Uh, Romanov has been. I love Romanov. He he's a real bright spot back there. And then, oh my God, I listened to some other Habs podcast, Habs Eye on the Prize, and they're always just like, hmm. Yes, I think um, Yoni Ikonen could be a good depth player if he gets all. <laughs> it's like who the fuck cares? But they've been <laughs> they've been coming in their pants over this guy, uh, Matthias Norlander, who's been in the SHL for like four years. Do you know of him? I'm like a vague understanding. Like, do you know of him at all? No, not really. But they they think he's the next big thing, and it's like okay, well, if he's down there for like four or five years, however long, it's like. How big can he be? If you, and I know defensemen take longer, but Jesus. Well, I mean, it's a Canucks problem that we're experiencing right now with a guy like Ollie Ulevi. Ollie Ulevi, yeah. How is he? Yeah. I, I see that he's playing like pretty regular minutes now. I mean, so you have to take it with a grain of salt because, look, I love Vancouver. Obviously, they're my team. I think that they're great. But, I mean, man, this this is a bad decor, right? He's, so who he's do you got? Getting... You got Nate Schmidt, who's, who's had a bit of a tough one. It's got Nate Schmidt... Uh, Tyler Myers, Travis Hamanick, Alex Edler, Oliu Alevi, and I don't know. It depends who Jordy Ben T-Hams. is gone. T Hams is my boy. Jordy yeah. Ben is bad. That's tough if Jordy Ben's on. Yeah, here. Jordy Ben. Jordy Ben was let Decor. go. Jordy Ben could not make the, the Canucks top six, which is bad. Uh, it's not oh, great. God. When man, when he was he was our sixth D for 
for a little too long, I'd say, in Montreal. He's just like, yeah, just fucking send it up the boards. (laughs) He's not trying to make a tape-to-tape breakout pass. He's like, I got it in my own end, up the fucking boards. That was a great 18-second shift, Jordy. Appreciate it, buddy. Uh, Oh, Andrew Shaw retired. Yeah, 29. Uh, I mean, man, that guy was has been a rag doll for his entire career. You know what I Andrew mean? Andrew Shaw like, is a legend. He's an absolute I mean, legend. I love, he was a great hab, but oh my God, how does the Chicago GM take him back after, he literally just like abused himself in Montreal physically. <laughs> like he, his last hit in Montreal was him rocket shipping like Luigi from Super Smash Bros style head first into greg pattern on the stars and he knocked himself out cold and then after that we traded him for like two seconds it was i was like no man how do you not see that he has concussions it's the same thing with i, I guess it's like you know it's just the system in in uh in chicago was basically just like bring everyone back right it's the same type it was of, it's like a, it, it was, was a getting lower the boys scale. back together andrew shaw was like the lower scale trade that people would kind of forget because everyone was so focused on the Panarin trade for Brandon Sod, and everyone's kind of like, "What's what's happening there?" You know? Yeah, that was... that was a cap thing. That was a cap thing, but still, you sh- you got to get better value. Yeah, I mean, it just I'm amazed. Like I know that he was gonna walk, but I mean, man, you could have gotten something better. Yeah, I guess um... they knew what they were getting with Brandon Sod. You know, but. Did we get that know. sidetracked? Okay, I'm just going through the, my game notes again. Yeah, go uh, like, your I game said, <laughs> like I said, like I said, second period, Tachuk matched up with Caulfield, and then he uh, started to disappear a little more. From 20 to 16, Calgary was dominating. 16 to 10 minutes, not a lot of possession from Montreal, and I wasn't fully paying attention because my dog was napping, and he was doing that thing where he shakes when he mm. naps, and he does like he mm. thinks he's running. So I was filming that instead. So I didn't really That's pay fair. attention for that area. And then from ten to three, um, they were just they were dumping it back and forth. It seemed like in in the second period, it was just a lot of defensive hockey. Mon- Calgary plays that trap, and then Montreal Montreal was just playing smart. And then the second goal, crazy play by Suzuki. Did you see the second goal? Uh, no, fill me in. So it goes. Uh, he's bringing it in like one on three. Goes between his legs. And then falls down on his knees, and then from his knees just rips it. Takes the goalie off guard, gets a nice little rebound, and then play ends up going back to um, someone shot it on net again. And then Joel Armia has the uh, Yoel Armia, sorry. Yeah. He has he right. has <laughs> he has an opportunity to just cram it on net from an impossible angle, but he's smarter than that. He kind of goes for the shot, but then passes it back behind his back right onto uh, to Foley's tape. And to fully secures the bag, baby. Scoring them goals. What great signings by Mark Bergeron. And it just goes to show, like, how fucked were we if we didn't have Josh Anderson or Tyler Toffoli? Or even a guy like, on, like, D, like Joel Edmondson. I oh, think Joel Edmondson's was... been great also. Our signings have been, like, unreal, but it shows to what we were playing with before. Like, yeah. obviously the team's missing Gallagher. But, uh, and then I guess my notes after that were... Nothing. Third period, they had a shitty power play. Tyler Toffoli has four goals in the last four games. Yeah. Um, at three minutes, I just wrote Wyland penalty. I don't think I was really paying attention. I don't know what that could possibly mean. Yeah. And then um, 
yeah, that's it. That's my summary of the game. So good that's game. Fair. It was a huge win for the Habs and a very needed win. It uh, holds off the Calgary Flames. Yeah, I uh, I was not so fortunate with my team. We did the other way. We got a two one loss to the Sens and um, Vancouver that's, obviously that's had an pathetic, outside. Chris. Yeah, had a. <laughs> They had an outside shot of making the playoffs, a very, very outside shot. And I knew go before going into this four-game series with the Sens that they definitely couldn't make the playoffs by doing well in this series, but they could certainly knock themselves out by doing poorly. And the best that they can do now is a split with the Sens, and that's not good enough, I don't think. A split with the Sens in terms, oh, in terms of the series? Yeah. Yeah, best thing that we if we win the next game, we split the the series two two. And is that the season series, or there's just the most recent games? I think that's it. I think they're done. They might have one or two games left, but a lot of the games are coming against the Flames, the Oilers, a couple against the Leafs, a couple against the Jets. I think the schedule is a bit too much. Due yeah, to you guys punishing. are fucked. You guys are fucked. I will say though, because uh, the the direction kind of goes back to Calgary a little bit, because I know Montreal has. I've looked at the schedules. Montreal has the hardest schedule by far to finish. Yeah, the by far. They're they're going Wednesday, flying all the way back to Toronto, and Toronto's they're they're just waiting for them like dogs on raw meat. Yeah, seriously, <laughs> it's true, right? Like it's crazy. Yeah, you know? like and uh, so yeah, Montreal's definitely not out of the woods yet. Got to string some more wins together because Calgary's right behind you. They're still there, right? I mean, you know, I think the fact of the matter is you've kind of caught up to Montreal with the games played. You guys officially are back to where you guys are supposed to be since your quarantine drop-off. Have so, we caught up in games played? I think you're smoking pretty... crack, Chris. Well, let me see. Let me take a look here. You're not far behind. Nope, yeah. So Calgary's only played one more game more than you. Really? And are... Yep. You've played. Maybe f- you're not smoking crack, Chris. No, I promise you I'm not. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Um, the Canucks, technically, if they win out, can still keep pace with you guys. It's just, I can't, it's too much of a challenge, you know? Yeah. Way too much of a challenge. Just call it off, boys. Uh, yeah, I mean... Go go be home with your families. Yeah, seriously, guys, just let's head home. Yeah, they've got a... It'll be amazing if they get it done. Yeah, so because they got, after this Sens game... It's uh, two games with the Leafs, four straight games with the Oilers, two with the Jets, and then four with the Flames, and one with the Oilers. So it's it, the Oilers are doing way too good. Oilers, Oilers are, are becoming a hard team to play against, which is what they needed to do. Yeah. Um, what am I looking at? How am I not... Oh, but Montreal's got a couple games left with the Sens, but again, that's not really fortuitous for you guys, is it? Sorry, say that again. I was going to say, like, uh, you've got two games left with the Sens, but I don't think that's really an advantage for you guys. No, it's not. (laughs) We seem to play our worst games against the Senators for whatever reason. Montreal can rise to the occasion, but they cannot sink to that team's level. Yeah, so, and that, I mean, yeah, your schedule is, you know, you got a game against the Jets, you got four against the Leafs, two against the Oilers. You got two against the Sens, but... Jesus, yeah, and then ending it with, like, three against the Oilers. That's going to be a tough three games. Those games are so much fun, hey? The, yep. uh, it's just so much heavy hitting. Like, those games against Calgary were boring as fuck. Calgary just plays a trap, and it works super well on the team. But in uh, 
against Edmonton, it's just both guys are just letting it fly, getting their big boys out there. Everyone's going for big hits at all yeah. times. Like, it's you one of those games that... where if I was on the ice, I'd be scared at all times. As a little boy, <laughs> mm-hmm. you're like, gonna be cheering. get me out of here. You're actually going to be cheering for the Oilers for the next little bit, actually, because Calgary, there's a Battle of Alberta three-game stint. Shit, that, I feel, I'm I'm a Cowtown boy. Did all my schooling in Cowtown, so it's going to feel bad cheering for the Oilers on this one, but you better believe I'm going to. Well, because you know why even that? Because while you guys have the hardest one, Calgary's schedule is three games with the Oilers, and then they play the Sens, and then four straight against Vancouver. Like, they can really get some points if they play wow. their cards right. Yeah, but um, they play bad against the Senators also, for whatever reason. They're like 2-5 and five against the Senators. Yeah. And but so. that's what I mean, right? It's like, it, with the exception of playing Edmonton, Vancouver is the closest that Calgary has to a major rival outside of the Battle of Alberta. Right? Yeah. So it's going to be meaningful for them. Yeah, a lot of, lot of exciting games coming up. I'm excited. That was a little John. <laughs> that was great. That was really good. Yeah, so I have that one. If you if you say something super epic, I'll use the little John one. Um, if we talk about Jeff P... Oh, we already talked about Jeff Petrie, and I didn't use this. My name is Jeff. <laughs> My name is Jeff. His name is Jeff. We're going to have to incorporate that in the future, obviously. Can you guys just yeah. make sure that... Well, I just got to be better. Them. I just got to be better at it. I got all the buttons right in front of me. James, be better. I will. I'm sorry. God damn it. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? Well, do you think Connor McDavid is going to get 100 points this season? That's so fucked up, but he could. <laughs> like, I Isn't hope he does. Cr- he could get 100 points in, in 56 games. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, he's I, got, I, uh, I'm trying to I hope he he's does. Got, he's got 81 right now. So... I mean, oh, yeah, and I just wanted to mention about Winnipeg when we were talking about them. Winnipeg is slowing down right now. They're, they're uh, skating in molasses, as they say. They're looking they're looking shitty, and they're getting beat. They only have five goals in their last four games, and they're on a four-game losing streak. And they just lost Nick Ehlers for the season. Yeah, was that because of Joe? I think so. Well, I don't know. I don't know, you don't know. actually. Don't speculate. I wasn't going to. You know what? My bad, everybody. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Acting like you know, you don't know. I, I was trying to be just like Bob. Just yeah, Bob, you know, <laughs> you gotta have I the just, answers right there. I no, I, I don't. I don't know either. I uh, that was that would make sense, kind of, because Joe Thornton was really hacking it up with him for whatever reason. So he, I doubt it because I think he got checked. In, it was a very whatever play when they showed a replay. I don't know who hit him, but it wasn't like it wasn't malicious. It wasn't like he got put into the boards and he just he got hit wrong. Right. Like oh, that's, that's too bad. Ehlers was looking really good this year. He was leading the Jets in points, which is like a pretty good testament to how da- talented yeah. he is. Like with a guy like Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler. Yeah, those guys uh, are pretty consistent. Like Kyle Connor, sixty points. Kyle Connor is Kyle Connor. Always, every time I watch a Jets game, Kyle Connor snipes on the Habs. Can, can I guess I I'm that? always watching Habs Jets, but hasn't hasn't it felt like Connor, Kyle Connor's been in the league for like ten years? Not really. I don't know. Sort of I feel like down. he's been here for a while. <laughs> Maybe ten I, years was a bit of an exaggeration. Like six. I love years. his I name. Like his like while. his two first names. It sounds like that South Park episode, like Mitch Connor. <laughs> I'm, actually, <laughs> I'm actually Kyle Connor. <laughs> Mitch Connor. 
right, but let's he's, see what he's I got. got a great shot and uh, seems to always score every time I watch. What's on your mind, Chris? So that I mean, he can. So it's eighty-one. So Connor McDavid, and like you would think for anyone else, this is crazy. But you can see how it's doable. He's got to score nineteen points in ten games. Yeah, like that's that's, that's so. That's in his wheelhouse. He's he's at like one point seven seven per game right now. Yeah. So he's just got to turn it up just a little bit. Turn up the juice just a little bit. Well, this is what it is, right? Because it's like, even if he doesn't score, even if he has just like a whatever game where he even just gets like a point, like, you know that he's maybe good for like five in another. Oh, exactly. Right? He can make it back in in a game. Like, yeah, it's insane. Is he going to get you two points every game? No. Is he going to get you probably a point every game plus like four points maybe once every three games? Yeah, exactly. It just depends if he's on. And you can tell right away when you're watching, you're like, uh-oh, he's on tonight. <laughs> this is... This is shitty for my team. It actually is, like, so funny, I think, how conditioned we've gotten as fans just watching Connor McDavid do what he does. I'm so pissed off whenever I see him score a goal like this now that people oh, are even showing just it. Like, yeah, he just, like, splits our D, makes makes four players on the Habs look stupid, and goes top yeah. shelf. Like, he goes, he just does, like, four stick handles and goes top shelf, and I was like, god damn it. Well, that's what's annoying. It's because it's like the North Division, which means like we're not missing any goals where the Oilers are playing Florida. Okay, they're always playing the Habs. They're always playing the Jets. The Fl- we're watching every game. You don't need to tell us that he's beating the shit out of us. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> every game is meaningful in this division, and every yeah. time we're seeing Connor McDavid's like destroy our best players. Oh every time. All he needs is like one like two steps of speed to gather and then if he's past the puck and he already has those two steps of speed it's fucking game over for the five just, players on the ice i i i'm you know i think you know i don't understand i think with these comments i don't know if people thought that you know like oh are you just like some losers who aren't really that good at hockey like shitting on mcdavid i mean yeah that's welcome to the podcast but like you know it's <laughs> like <laughs> like but it's just like that's yeah, actually no, well, like, <laughs> scary accurate yeah, so, <laughs> I don't know what else you think it would be. It's like we obviously know Connor Rick, like we watch the games. Like you don't even need to be like an analyst to know that this guy's the best player. Yeah. All I know is you come into my house, you throw those elbows at my sweet baby Kalkinemi. Yeah. Papa's gonna ring your and, bell, buddy. <laughs> and this is what I mean, right? Because they talk about it again. Because I know they talked a little bit about it on Overdrive. But it's just like, think about how, uh, just going off and just like praising Shea Weber a little bit more. Think about how important he is for those guys. You know, like guys like Kakanyemi, guys like Suzuki, guys like Romanoff, guys like Ka- Like having that as your captain, like at such a young age. Yeah, like, think of exactly. It's, it's like, it's exactly. It's like having Chara and look how successful yeah. they were. Like yeah. coming into the league and Chara is your captain. Like that's like, oh shit. Like yeah. this is the big leagues and I better listen up. Yeah, you better come to play. Like, I mean, yeah. I think, you know, as a, as, a, as, as a podcast, I think we need to clarify, like, you know, with, 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 when it's a podcast about with a Habs fan and a Canucks fan, I think most people's inclinations are us to loathe Chara. But like, I thought, I think we both have a certain level of understanding of just like, Dude, this guy was like an animal in terms oh, of just he's like, one of the most he's one of the best D-men of all time. One of the most effective D-men of all time. And people like I, shit on him a lot because it's just like, oh, he's like six, like he's six nine, like he could do just like what? Dude, you know how much this guy's in the gym like all the like this guy's in the best shape. Like he's in like yeah. Henrik Sedin, Daniel Sedin shape. Like, I heard, guy, I heard he treats himself one year to Starbucks. 
and that's his like sweet of the year it's like a frappuccino yeah. at starbucks and he's like yes like treat <laughs> like, yeah this is what i mean it's just like it, like i get that he's tall i get that he uses an illegal stick but it's just like the guy's an animal the guy's like gary roberts fit. his hit on patrick was vicious <laughs> i don't care what anyone says he was trying to kill a man <laughs> that night he he had a split second decision to commit homicide yeah but uh, the point is, is like I think a lot of people are just like, is Shea Weber going to probably deliver a cup to Montreal? No, probably not in his career. I doubt it. <laughs> Fuck, uh, Chris, come did on. he did he set the new the new class of Montreal Canadian like roster players up for success after? I think so. Like that's a yeah, huge sure. foundational. That's a huge foundational base you've made for your rookies and for your young players to have a guy like that be their first captain in the NHL. For sure. It you know. makes everyone accountable, right? And guys like Brendan Gallagher also like lead by example. Ga- Gallagher will score a goal with his face, like in Gooner. But like he he'll just go all out every night. And yeah. boy, is his team missing him right now? It'd be nice to have him. We're gonna get him for the playoffs, but we gotta make it there first. Chris, how much longer do you want to go here? Uh, I I will say just I'll 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 do one more comment. But uh, you know a guy who. Brandon Gallagher reminds me, and I think is more indicative of his style of play and the way that he, well, not of his style of play, but the way he reminds me of like a lot more energetic. Jimmy Hawkins. No, no. In terms of importance to the Canadians, a guy like, I don't think there's been a player of that level of importance since like Saku Koivu to a team. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Saku Koivu did have cancer and came back from cancer and played <laughs> after getting chemotherapy and scored. <laughs> Some goals that I mean, Brandon Gallagher, Gallagher had a broken thumb, so which one's worse? <laughs> <laughs> Gallagher has a magnet that only attracts pucks on both of his hands. <laughs> Shea Weber <laughs> will tee those bad boys up. Romanov, I don't understand how his hands are so susceptible to pucks being flinged at it. But yeah, that's a fair comparable. Just right. the heart and soul of the team. Right? But, um... But you know what, James? I think I'm good. To, I think I'm good to end it here. I think I've got nothing else to say. Do you got anything else to say to my face? To your face? Yeah. Do you want to say something to my face now? <laughs> Don't talk shit from from the other city that you're in, you goofball. Punch my screen. That would actually be huge. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, follow us on TikTok. You know, comment mean things to us because we love hearing it. Talk about Chris's small dong <laughs> on the next one. <laughs> Someone comment about that. Guys, uh, this is a clearly not a family-friendly show always, so uh, make sure to just go nuts in the comments, I guess. Uh, I don't know. I mean, eventually one day, if we felt comfortable, we might release a picture of one of our faces. That could be roast material, but for now... I, I, was, uh, I, I put my face in the latest TikTok. I did see that, so that's that's the so guy nice. behind so can the call range. Me, fuck, you can call me piece of shit. I'm also short. You can go with that. Yeah. I've, <laughs> Damn, uh, stop giving ammo. Yeah, I, I've I've had issues with my weight in the past. Like I've gained it, I've lost <laughs> yeah. it. So like that's always pretty good. Um, yeah, I you, mean, guys, you guys got plenty. You guys yeah. got plenty to work with. So we're looking forward to seeing that on TikTok. Obviously, our lovely social media guru is going to be posting throughout the week, uh, making sure that you guys have enough ammo to effectively roast us. And who knows? You might get featured next week. Lucky, lucky fans you are. This has been uh, the Line Brawl podcast uh, with uh, Chris and Jimmy G, All Eyes on Me, Gantis.
you Senecruz. Yeah. Have a good night or a good day, everyone. Bye.